Hi, my name is David Siegler and welcome to my podcast. Hi everybody, hi, how are you today? I hope you're having a wonderful day. And um, I just wanted to share some thoughts with you about tenants. Tenants, right, a vital, vital part of the machine. You have to have tenants. If you're going to be a property investor, you're, if you're a deal packager, then uh, the tenants make the arithmetic work. So it makes it a great investment for your investor. So tenants are absolutely key part of any proposal that we make either for ourselves or for our investors. But here's the truth, guys. Tenant, I've never really been particularly fond of tenants. I haven't. <laughs> um, and that's probably why I'm a single let, buy to let investor. You know, uh, that's probably the least, um, the least, the, the strategy that, that least involves you with your tenants. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm not an HMO landlord. I, I love HMOs. I get it. Uh, I think the, uh, yields and returns are fantastic, but you do have to deal with a lot of tenants, right? And if you get difficult tenants in an HMO, um, it can just suck the life out of you. It can. That's that's the truth of it, right? So you've got to master that process. But uh, single-let tenants, commercial tenants, right? Far less exhausting, in my opinion. Uh, so I've been single-let over the years. Uh, and the, the other thing that I've found frustrating over the years is that if you're working with tenants, then although property prices might go up, I've found that for significant periods over the years, rents have been stuck. Rents have been up. What do you mean, David? Okay, so what I mean is I went to Manchester in 2004 um, and we bought terrace properties. We bought significant number of terrace properties between my business partner and myself. And the rent for a two up, two down terrace in 2004 was 375, 395, something like that per calendar month. And uh, that was cool at the time because we were paying, well, originally we were paying in the 40s for those, so 40, 50, but then the prices went up to 60, 70, 80. Uh, in 2007, I had one under offer at six figures just at the peak uh, before the crash and um, things were beginning to turn at that point. So it's one of the very few deals I've ever rung up and said, uh, you know that house I'm buying, I can't, I can't buy it anymore, right? <laughs> A uh, hundred grand, right? Didn't buy it. Um, it went back to the market and somebody paid 94, which I thought was quite interesting. Uh, but tenants, so, but, but rents in 2007 were very much the same as they were in 2004. So the prices of the property had gone up, but the rents hadn't really gone up. And I found from 2004 to 2014, 2014-ish, Rents did not move the market, the market level. And if you went to a letting agent and, and tried to push back and say that you wanted more, you wanted more, the letting agent would suck their teeth and go, market, market, this, that, and the other. Uh, the LHA rate, you know, because we forget how quickly we've forgotten the LHA rate, uh, for most of the North. In the United Kingdom, the LHA rate was at the same market level or higher than the private rate. We used to use that as our template. It wasn't like that in the South. And now that's all gone. I get that. But during that period, um, it was very, very important. Uh, and then in 2014, 
something happened. So up to that point, I've got people moving in, moving out, 375, 395, 395, 375, wherever, right? And then suddenly something changed, right? 2014, I started to see a little bit of a move. And then George Osborne, the Chancellor, as he was at that time, in 2016 made some significant changes to how we work as landlords. Uh, and the, the big ones, you know what they were. The big ones were stamp duty, stamp duty. Uh, there was a, he introduced a surcharge on stamp duty going forward. Uh, but the big one was Section 24. Section 24, um, before Section 24 took effect, then as a buy-to-let landlord, I could subtract my mortgage interest from my tax bill at the end of the year. And that, and that was cool, right? And, and that's actually how I think it should be, because I believe that being a buy-to-let landlord is a business. Um, the courts don't necessarily agree with me, but that's cool. Uh, and what happened, you were there, guys, 2016 through to now. It's just about fully unwound now. Incrementally, uh, the tw Section 24 has meant that over the years, uh, we can uh, subtract less and less of our mortgage interest. And now you can't subtract any of your, in the current financial year, can't subtract any mortgage interest uh, uh, at all against your tax. So what, what's happened is that we are, in my view, as landlords, we are taxed on turnover rather than profit, which is kind of weird. I don't know any other business. I can't think of any other business in any other sector that is taxed on turnover rather than profit. So 2016, uh, 2014 things started to change. 2016 was a big one, big issue. Now, it took a little while. You know, I love you landlords out there. <laughs> I'm a landlord. I feel your pain, all that sort of thing. For a lot of landlords, it takes a little while for things to sink in. <laughs> so a lot of landlords, 2016, just, just went on their merry way and didn't, didn't pay a lot of attention. Well, they're paying a lot of turner. Turn, uh, there's a lot of... Um, attention now because it's fully unwound okay and rents started to go up rents started to go up significantly now I saw this before the pandemic right I um, had one or two properties that I tested uh, so these were properties that I'd been getting 400 450 you know we've moved on from 2004 but we're only at 450 right 450 uh, and I did some uh, cosmetic uplifting, really made a difference to the presentation of the house. So what did I do? There was a period where I took a couple of unencumbered properties in my own portfolio and I turned them into service accommodation because I wanted to try it. And as a packager, if I'm going to package uh, to investors with an element of service accommodation, I have to understand how the process works, right? So I, d I tried it for a couple of years, and I took these houses, and what did I do? I um, I improved the presentation. So we have feature walls, right? We have better kitchens, uh, the flooring. Instead of three ninety nine foam back <laughs> in brown, right? Does anyone still use three ninety nine foam back? I don't know. You may, you may. Uh, we went for thirteen ninety nine a square meter, cool carpet with nice chunky underlay. The doors had to be planed down so we could open the doors, right? Um, and it made a difference, right? And one and two of the properties uh, I put on back, uh, I put into SA, 
I, I moved away from SA and I put them back on the market as single let buy to lets. The market rent in the street at this point was uh, 450, 475. I got six and 700 pounds respectively for those two properties because of the presentation. Uh, it blew me away because I thought that was above the ceiling level in uh, the street. And as a byproduct of doing that, what I realized was that the ceiling level for your rental property is not about the street. I, di I didn't know that. Um, I thought, there's a street, £500 a month, that's your lot, that's all you're going to get. What happened was I attracted a couple of tenants because of the pictures, because of the presentation, and um, it became clear that their budget might have been £1,000 a month, so they were different type of tenant, right? Different type of tenant. One was a doctor, can't remember what the other one did, but they had, they had a few bob, right? Uh, they were looking for properties at £1,000 per calendar month. They came and looked at mine, for instance, at 700, uh, and um, it ticked a lot of boxes for them. Now, what might have been missing was the area, but in terms of their commute to work, that didn't that didn't bother them. But it wasn't the areas they were originally looking in. So, in my head, the ceiling level level was 450, but in their head, the tenant head, it was a thousand. And I'm offering properties at 700 that tick their boxes. So they both rented to people like that. That was a revelation. It's amazing how you can learn stuff. And some of you, I can see some really experienced people uh, with me this morning, right? Some of you might say, well, of course that would, of course that's the truth, David. You should have known that, right? Um, but actually, it wasn't in my thoughts. Okay. So now we're into 2016. Okay. What has happened since 2016? Section 24 has started a fire, metaphorically, in the rental market. And um, what's happened is landlords have moved away from the rental market. The buy-to-let market has contracted, okay? The property market's gone on growing because the government has incentivized first-time buyers, residential buyers, right? But the buy-to-let market is now 7% smaller 7% than it was in 2016. We're starting to see the effect of section 24. Now we're still in the game, guys, right? We're still doing it because we're professional landlords. We're going to do it right. We're going to make it work. Um, but there's absolutely no, no uh, doubt at all that some landlords are thrown in the town, gone away. Okay. Rents have continued to rise. So rents are still on the way up. Um, I was reading uh, an article from Hamptons, give them credit where it's due, and they tell me, they tell us, the rents on average over the last 12 months, the year to April 2021, in one year, have gone up 5.9%, 6% in a year. That's pretty cool, right? Because uh, if you compound that, if that's where the market's going, the rent's going to be significantly higher. But they're already significantly higher because that was a national average rise, so again, when you break it down, in the southwest of England, rents have gone up 11.3%, over 11%. In the southeast of England, they've gone up over 10%. Interesting, because uh, there's a lot of friends in the community, in the property business as a whole, going north, right? Because the yields are better. But if we're going to get 10% compounded in the south, 
over a period of time, and who knows, you know, maybe the yields will catch up. Um, the, the, long, the basic impact is that in the long term, there are fewer rental homes available, and that has pushed rents up. I've seen it in my own portfolio, although I didn't realise what it was. I didn't realise. So uh, I hadn't put rents up because I'm accustomed to not putting rents up. I know there's going to be experienced landlords out there listening to this, thinking, well, I do it every year, David. I serve the section, is it section 13? Uh, I serve the section 13 every year. I give them an inflationary rise. I put it up 2 or 3% a year. I'm, you know, tw- every 12 months, my rents go up. Uh, hats off to you guys, right, if that's what you do. I never did that. I was game, uh, governed by the market. So I've had tenants in situ where the rents haven't gone up for four or five years because that's when they moved in and I've never put the rent up and they paid their rent on time and why should I trouble them and they don't trouble me and they just pay, right? So I hadn't done it. But in January of 2021, so I'm part of this statistic, in the middle of COVID, I know, I sent notices to every single tenant seeking a rent increase. And the interesting thing to me was that almost all of them paid without pushback at all. One or two pushback, okay, and we did a deal. That's cool. I don't, I think, you know, I don't want to put people in financial difficulties. Uh, and there were one or two who said, oh, how dare you? You're charging me more rent to live in this hovel. <laughs> I'm off. <laughs> I'm going. And um, I said, well, I hear you, you know, not a, you know, it's not a marriage, right? If you need to go, you need to go. Here's the truth, guys. Both of them gave me notice. They were moving out in March, and then they were moving out in April. They're not connected, by the way. They're completely separate. And then they were moving out, and then uh, they needed another two weeks because they hadn't quite got... Could they stay another two weeks? Yeah, stay another two weeks. Cool. And in both cases, they'd come back to me and said they'd like a new tenancy in my properties... Uh, and they'll pay the new rent. Pause. Why have they done that? They've done that because they couldn't find comparable properties in their locality. They didn't want to move big distance, right? The market had had overtaken them, had gone up, and they didn't realise in the same way that I didn't realise, right? So the rent's gone up, and I did, it wasn't a huge increase. It was very... Uh, I gave a rationale for it. It was percentage-based, depending on which property you're talking about. The bottom line is I was at the market for for rent today and they thought because rent hadn't gone up to the foot that the, the market was lower. They thought they'd be able to find somewhere and they couldn't. They couldn't find anything. So the, 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 the long-term impact of there being less rental properties on the market is being felt now by tenants. Uh, Hamptons say that uh, over the last six months, uh, the last 12 months, forgive me, Rents have gone up six times nationally, faster than inflation, six times. Uh, and where's inflation going, doing going forward? Um, I don't know. There always seems to be inflation in my life. <laughs> I see the headlines on the TV. Oh, we're going, it's nearly zero. Go back, go back pre-COVID. It's near, we're, we're all going into deflation. Everything's going, prices are all going. It wasn't in my life. Prices were still going up. Anyway. There you go. So, uh, again, going back to Hamptons. So th- this bore out the truth of what Hampton said, because um, Hampton said 
that tenants going into the market today looking for properties have approximately 50% of the choice that they had just two years ago. Two years ago. So a 7% contraction coupled with tenants basically staying where they are. And uh, the actual figure, let's have a look. The actual figure nationally is there are 45 less, 45% less opportunities for tenants to rent than there were two years ago. That's the actual figure. Now, that's the national figure. In some parts of the country, it's over 50%. They have half the number of rental opportunities that they had uh, two years ago. So landlords are now in charge of that. Unforeseen consequence, George Osborne? Is this, you know, is this what you meant? So when you uh, brought in Section 24, did you not consider that costs might be passed on, at least in part? to the tenants, because that's exactly what's happening. So, tenants. I'm not big on tenants, but to be fair, at the moment, you know, uh, the returns are increasing because of the best endeavours of my tenants. And during the pandemic, uh, almost every tenant paid for me. I've got two reluctant, recalcitrant tenants. I mean, I mean, I'm in court this week. I've got an attended hearing, possession hearing this week on Friday. I might, I might do a little video from the doors of the court. Hi, I'm going in now. It's going to be great. And in 10 minutes, I'll come out saying, oh, I think you get it. The bastard's done to me. Anyway, who knows how that's going to end. I'll let you know on Friday. Uh, and then I had the second court date too for the second tenant, uh, Wednesday the 16th. Wednesday the 16th of June. Okay, so we're going to do that, uh, and we're going to do that as well. I'll tell you how it happened. Uh, I'll tell you how it, how it rolls. Okay, what's your point, David, today? My point is tenants. If you are an investor or if you're a packager, if your packaging is absolutely key, make sure you get the up-to-date rental figures for your area for your investors. It's going to make a huge difference to your uh, investors' returns. The investor's going to be interested in their returns. If you can get them best of returns, they're going to work with you, okay? So talk to letting uh, professionals who know their stuff. I'm still getting pushback from one or two letting agents I've been working with who are saying, whoa, you won't get that sort of rent. Whoa, you need to cut a power. Whoa, I'm not without a new kitchen, Dave. Oh, we got something smaller down the road at a higher rent. Don't work with them. They are wrong. They're stuck. And for some reason... You'd think that letting agents would want rents to go up because they own a percentage of it. For some reason, they don't, they don't like some, let, some letting agents, not all, don't like to put rents up. Um, I've changed four letting agents in the last 12 months. The pandemic has allowed me, uh, because I've not been doing other things, you know, running around and around and around in circles, screwing myself into the floor, right, is allowed me to take a breath and sort my portfolio out because I kind of let things slip a bit. I might do another video on that. Uh, so, rents. Make sure you know the rocket rent. Don't be afraid to put it up. Don't take liberties with people. Make sure they can afford it if they're good tenants and they pay. But, you know, it's, it's going to make a difference to returns. That's it. Hope to see you all soon. Thank you for listening. Any, any questions, put them in the comments down below. I'll try and sell all of them with you. It's going to be great. Thank you for listening. I am David Siegler. See you on the next episode.